designed with women in mind as we delve into what it means to be a true follower of Christ and how to navigate our daily lives, my prayer is simply that my speech will be theologically sound and that our words will be encouraging and life-giving. We will have different guests in the weeks to come and will be looking from various perspectives while staying ever true to God's Word. The title of the podcast is Beautiful Imperfection, As we go about our busy, chaotic lives, we tend to focus on the doing and not the being of who God created us to be. We sometimes get it backwards. In this podcast, we will discuss from week to week the being, our identity in Christ, produces the doing, and that the doing is an overflow of who we are in Him. We are imperfect in every way, but Jesus is perfect. The beauty in our imperfection is Him. So wherever you are in your season of life, if you're in your car, in your laundry room, or sitting in your favorite chair, grab a cup of coffee and take a deep breath. Relax and listen in as we look and talk about what being in Christ really means and how the Bible explains that it is not our imperfection that makes or breaks us, but that it is his perfection that covers us and that we can find rest in that promise. Then we serve him out of an abundance of love that only comes through him. Lean in with us. Here we go. Rontina, you ended talking about where you had gotten to a really dark place. This was leading you into more of a a darkness than you had been before. So let's pick up right there. Yes, the darkness that I had got myself to was, you know, instead of at the end of the day having, you know, the the party and the going out and, uh, you know, going to clubs and dancing and drinking and staying out all night had ended to the, you know, that wasn't filling me up, right? Mm-hmm. Like that still wasn't. There has to be more. Yeah, there has so to I'm be more. So I'm looking for more in the wrong places, but there still but, has to be more. Right, I kept yeah. putting. Can't get no satisfaction. No, can't get no <laughs> satisfaction. I, I had, yeah, yes. I could not get, uh, not happy is a, a stupid word here, but wasn't happy. It was true satisfaction. And it's mm-hmm. because I was looking in the wrong place, like you said. Um So I kept trying to fill myself up and fill that void with the things that you think make you happy. Um, You know, dating, going out, having nice things, um, you know, the the materialistic part of life and wasn't taking care of finances, wasn't taking care of myself. Um, My parents would come visit me and there'd be no food in my house. Um, there was one time my dad ate a peanut butter sandwich and I was like, where'd you get that peanut butter? And he's like, mm. oh, it's in the cabinet. I was like, oh, that's old. <laughs> no, no worse. I was like, I dipped the dog's Nyla bone in that. It was the dog's <gasps> oh, peanut butter. No. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I was like, dad, why are you eating Jake's peanut butter? You know, like, and I, yeah, yeah. I didn't even have, I wasn't even eating y'all. I was yeah. feeding my dog. But I was more worried about like buying makeup and going to the gym and doing these things to try to upkeep this life that I had made in my head for myself Mm -hmm. that I did not, um, you know, have food in my house. Mm -hmm. Like my nephew would come visit and his joke was, you know, my sister's like, what are you doing? He's like, well, we're going to, you know, my aunt's house. And she's like, okay. And he's like getting orange juice and stuff out of the fridge. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, she never has groceries. And I'm not eating the dog's peanut. (laughs) Uh -uh. Exactly. So this is the life I had made for myself. And on the surface, everybody thought it was amazing. 
So if everybody's telling me that like, wow, you did it. You made it to exactly where you're supposed to be. I was freelancing for ESPN, CBS Sports. Um, I had worked in uh, Dallas for a, a network there. And I was doing these things, but like there was absolutely no substance to my life at all. And I kept trying to fill it up with what I thought was substance, you know, mm-hmm. and, um, and it would get to where I would just be, you know, go do those things, go to work, go through the motions and come home and just be empty mm-hmm. and just be in pajamas. You know, I couldn't even say watching TV or binging anything. It would just be in darkness. And it got to a point where I was like, you know, what is the point of me? Like, what am I doing? And it, and it's like, okay, I can't say I got to a point where I was suicidal because to me, how selfish would I be to my mom and dad to inconvenience them with having to plan a burial for me or to do something for me? How inconvenient would that be to my parents? So, so I'd like, was like, I just got to be here. You know, I'm a void. Um, but how, how do I continue on? I'm like 30. You know, how do, what am I wow, going to do? You're so old. I know. I was like, <laughs> wow, seriously, gosh. I know. I'm like, I'm 30 and I've made it to where I've done everything I said I was going to do. Yeah. By the time I was 30. By the time I was 30. And it still wasn't. It was not enough. I, I remember going to an Emmy award ceremony and I had got the big dress and I got my makeup and my hair done. And, um, <laughs> we went to a, it happened to be back in Cincinnati. Ironically, mm-hmm. it was in Cincinnati, um, downtown and the Reds were playing that night, and I'm a huge Cincinnati Reds fan since I was a kid, and Homer Bailey was pitching a no-hitter, and I remember sitting there, and I'm all dressed up to go to this Emmy Awards banquet, and um, and I was going to win a sports Emmy, and um, I'm sitting there, and all I wanted to do was sit in there, and I'm beside the stadium, at a hotel beside the stadium. I was just sitting there watching the television, watching it on TV, in my gown, with my hair all done up, and I just start bawling and crying, like, bawling my sister had left to go get my favorite cupcakes from this cupcake place in town and um so I was in the I I was by myself and um I was like what am I doing like I should be happy like I've done all these things checked all my boxes I should be happy but I wasn't because I was not even living how I'm supposed to live and I wasn't living through Christ and Christ wasn't living in me so I thought because I had shut that up in a box because of my denial of him and my taking my life into my own hands because it's like Jesus I got this you can go help the people that really need you like I'm I can take care of this you, you go help the poor and unfortunate and the you know the the widows and the children I don't I'm good you and know the, and the job and the advancement and all mm-hmm. the things in itself were not bad things no it was just that that was not the thing that God was using in your life Mm-mm. no and um and that year and me sitting there and just bawling and crying, you know, about to go down there. And I went down and I finally, I left before my sister got there because, and hopefully she doesn't listen to this. So she never knows what I did. But, um, but um, don't say that. <laughs> don't mm. listen. Yeah. Tizzy, tizzy, you're not allowed to hear. Um, so I went and um, I was like, okay, one last ditch effort at this life that I think I'm supposed to have. So, um, so I went down, got the award, text my friend, and um, and so I'm like, okay, I'll just go out and party in Cincinnati tonight because, like, I'm back in Cincinnati, and I'm with my people, and we'll go out with, you know, the Reds and go have a good old time. 
So my friend came and got me and I told my sister I had to take pictures afterwards with all the winners and the people <laughs> actually <laughs> left. So I, uh-huh. I mean, I'm like lying to my sister who's there to support me, leaving my support because I didn't want to deal with the emotions that I was feeling. Mm-hmm. I had no idea she was going through the same trauma that had been inflicted because why wouldn't she be? She was raised the same way I was. Mm-hmm. Of course, the one person on the planet who would understand me is her, but I could not open up to her because I just was not ready to be on my knees like that. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so I went out and partied and did everything and, uh, and then got back that night and was still even just deeper and lonelier. And, um, and that next morning I was so sick. And I remember when Susan, I didn't hear Susan's testimony for the podcast, but I've heard it before. Mm-hmm. And she, she talked about the morning she woke up just so sick. Mm-hmm. Y'all, I woke up so sick. I hadn't even drank that much. I hadn't even really been out that late. But I was physically ill again, like I had been when I moved in with that boyfriend. I was like my stomach, stomach acid, ulcers. Like, I mean, I thought Tiffany was going to take me to the hospital. Like, I was so sick. And I was like, okay, we need to go to the bookstore. And my sister drove me to a bookstore on our way back uh, to her house in West Virginia. And I started looking for books. And I was looking for the Bible, but I didn't know I was looking for the Bible. But I found this like 90-day Bible study. And it was basically like, one of those self-help titles, like to be the woman God wants you to be. You know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, it was something like that. I don't know. I bought it. Mm-hmm. I bought it and I bought in hard. And it was like, uh, you know, getting up and drinking um, hot tea and water in the morning and those kinds of things. And so I, that was my first step, like my first step of digging myself out of that hole. Mm-hmm. Um, I ended up leaving those jobs that were amazing that year because I didn't realize too, like not only was I not full or satisfied, I didn't think the content or what I was doing was that good anyway too. So it's like, nobody's going to miss me from that because it's not what I'm supposed to be doing. Like the thing that turns my lights on and revs my engine is not talking about somebody being fourth and 32 or the injury coming out of the locker room or the, you know, mm-hmm. or the whatever, um, you know, being that reporter who's supposed to be there, turning my back and walking away from that life was legit. Let me tell y'all, if you're there and you're on your knees and you're trying to think of like, can I walk away from this? Yes, you can, because you're already, you already have. Mm-hmm. In your mind, you already have. You already you have. You just need to you're make just, the next yeah. step. Mm-hmm. And just, God is there. You're just yep. doing the next play mm-hmm. in a sense. Of, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, and it, it's really hard for me um, even now to go to talk about or go back to kind of like that lifestyle, um, which is really fun for me now. I'm here at the church because, you know, back if I would have just listened to God when I was 23, like one of the jobs out of the, out of that seminary degree would have been being a communications director at a church. So I'm already that's a thing. All right. Yeah. So Look I how went he through redeems. this. Yes, he Isn't redeems. That beautiful. Yes. I went, <laughs> it just gives me yeah, chills I'm, right yeah. now. Just, yeah. So I'm still doing God's calling for me, and this opened up y'all because. I, I did that work and I, I got up. It was hard. It was so hard because even, I mean, I kept making mistakes. It was not like an overnight thing. This is this, and I'm still making mistakes, just not in that direction. I know what fills me up now. So I'm not trying to put anything in a place. Um, now, um, it's different, but you know, I went through that process and that one, and I, it, it was like, write five things down you want to be. And you, you talk about being and doing, and I challenge y'all listening, write down five words you want to be. And within a year, I was all of those things. 
through mm-hmm. prayer and through commitment. And now sometimes I did still take life into my hands. Um, you know, when I met my husband, uh, we had one of those whirlwind Hallmark Channel movie things happen. We met at Christmas, well, what, Thanksgiving. We were married right after New Year's. Um, I was two months pregnant when we got married. And, you know, I don't recommend that either, but it happens. Life happens. And, um, and God redeemed me with that too because – that child I was two months pregnant with when I got married is my little church lady. She is, she is my <laughs> she little, is. she, she is, she is a, so adorable. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so God can redeem those things. Sorry, just kicked your mic, but, That's um, okay. but God can redeem you through those things. And we don't all have to be, you know, the Bible gives us great examples. And sometimes women want to hold themselves into comparing themselves to women of the Bible, or maybe even church holds us into that. No, like that's hard, right? Because the women God called in the Bible, Mary, there's nothing about Mary's walk and my walk that are the same. Mm -hmm. Like God would not, God didn't pick me to be Jesus's mom. Mm -hmm. God picked me to live a life more like a David or a Paul, Saul, that life where it's like, okay, now you're going to be on fire fire for me forever. Mm -hmm. And, um, and as a kid, I always loved the books Paul wrote. I didn't realize, you know, that young that he'd written all the books that I love and like Timothy is, is one of my favorites, um, the Philippians. And, um, and so we don't have to be compared to the women of the Bible Mm -hmm. because God gave us all those examples of people in the Bible. And Mm -hmm. I mean, look at who they were, some of the most wretched, horrible humans on the planet. And it took me until I was being exposed to the Bible for the first 35 years of my life. Didn't catch. Mm -hmm. Okay. It didn't catch with me. Maybe it didn't catch with you, but it's there now where I know that you know, up until that point, Nicodemus, Paul, David, Solomon, mm-hmm. Abraham, Moses, you know, all of we them, all they, they all made horrible yeah. choices yeah. too. It was yeah. not yeah. Hallmark movie stuff. <laughs> no, no, no. no. <laughs> it was horrible choices. And I feel like, you know, when you want to really share your testimony, I know we took three episodes to do it. And Susan, it takes a couple episodes to really get into it because mm-hmm. there's a lot there that a lot of times, we as women and women in the church don't want to know about each other, or it might make us uncomfortable because it might remind us of something we did before, or instantly the people who, God bless you, have lived like a Mary, I make you uncomfortable, you know, um, and, and that's okay too, you know, but, but that's my story and that's, you know, who God made me. And at the end of the day, I'm still living in God's calling for me, even though I took a very roundabout way doing it. He, um, forgave me. Mm -hmm. He restored me Mm -hmm. and he restored that calling. You know, God has these amazing talents and offerings and gifts for people. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's like the story of the talents. If we hide them away and don't use them, someone else is going to get them. Right. And God gave my God given talent to somebody else for a really long time and then finally gave it back to me. Mm. That's so good. So in your what God did to redeem your life, Rontina, is you were saying that you were called into the mission field, but you also had the gifts and talents that God wanted to use in journalism, and now he's doing both. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because he's using you in this church, which is a mission field Amen. for those who are hurting. And can I just say that if, if we need to lock arms together as women, we have all had difficulty in our life and if we're gonna just sit around and shoot each other down because of what happened 
somewhere back in my life that God used to get me to the place that I am now. We need to rejoice with each other in the redemptive power of God. And I'm so grateful that he is in the redemptive business Mm -hmm. because he redeems and restores when it seems impossible. Because I know to you, you felt the impossibilities of that. You were in the darkness. And we get that way. We just don't want to tell everybody we get that way. Exactly. Mm -hmm. I mean, there are times in our life where we go through dark days, even knowing and being in the identity of Christ. Mm -hmm. And we don't want, we're so afraid to tell somebody that, hey, I don't, I'm not feeling it today. It's not here for me today. It's not because it's not there. We don't feel feel it there. We're not experiencing it. But God is always working. And it's our responsibility to be in the place that he can use us. It's not our responsibility to get ourselves out of it. It's our responsibility to yield to him and allow him to do that. And even in those times, it's hard sometimes. So we struggle and we try to do it on our own. But only God can change hearts. And so sometimes we think because of the things that we know, we got to do this thing. we got to make it, you know, we've got to do and do and do. And we're not being in the place that God can use it and can deliver us. So Colossians 1, 13 and 14 says, <clears throat> He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved Son, and in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sin. And I think about that because I'm a really visual learner, but I just think about God just picking you and me and Lindsay and every other woman and every other man and human being out of this place of despair and darkness and just literally picking us up and sitting us in a different spot in in the light. In then verses... Um, 21 and 23, still in Colossians, says, And you who once were alienated and hostile in mind, doing evil deeds, he has now reconciled in his body of flesh by his death in order to present you holy and blameless and above reproach before him. If indeed you continue in the faith, stable and steadfast, not shifting from the hope the gospel of the gospel that you heard, which has been proclaimed in all creation. In Ephesians 1, 7 and 9, In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished on us in all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of his will, according to his purpose, which he set forth in Christ. So he gives us the insight, right? And sometimes we're not seeing it, but so do you think in that dark moment that you began to see light, how did you start to see Christ in your life? I feel like it was where Christ is, is where the peace was Mm -hmm. and where I didn't feel angst or battle. And I wanted more of that. I wanted more of that. I did not start going to church right away. Mm-hmm. I started reading the Bible right away. Right. That's um, important. Yeah. And doing that Bible study and started reading and just um, limiting the more I read, the less I wanted to worry about 
consuming other things again mm-hmm. the word of the consumption and right. and that's where when I started turning more to that I started turning away from all the other all stuff. the other things stuff, because yeah. I was seeking him at that point and and he was right there you know it had been I have to say right there alongside me the entire time um you know, Chris Christopherson wrote that song, Why Me, Lord? Yeah. And that song, um, oh my gosh, even uh, just recently, our church did a series on prayer, Prayer Unleashed. And when I was working on the content for that, that's mm. the song I listened to. Yeah. Because there's a line that's like, um, why me, Lord, what have I ever done uh, to deserve the gifts and, you know, the things that you give me? But then it's like, um, you know, how can I repay you, God? And he says, um, Maybe I can tell someone else what I've been through myself Mm. on my way back to you. Mm. And that's what it's about. And that's why I say like to share this story is just part of it because it's what God told us to do. He said, go, you know, go. God said, go. God said, tell of the good news. Mm -hmm. This is the good news in my life. This is the gospel. And that's why, you know, when you're supposed to narrow your testimony down to three minutes, I've got a three minute version but if you really want to get into the meat of it, and I think a lot of people do, because a lot of people have been just like me, exactly just like me, or in other ways, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of us, and we feel not worthy. And you have mm-hmm. to realize that God tells you you're worthy, not people. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Where's your worth? You know, wh- where are you looking for your worth? Mm-hmm. And it's that worth in him. And that's, you know, kind of what got me away from it is this, I just had to shut out the world and all of that and acknowledge the world for the world. And that's part of my childlike faith that grew that I did not know the world was actively and openly attacking me all the time. Right. And you have to know who your enemy is and you have to know, you know, where they're coming from. So now God can't get us, um, you know, um, out of the world. Obviously we're here to be here and we're supposed to go into it and live in it and Mm -hmm. witness for him. But the devil can't get your heart once you give it to God. The devil gets in your mind. Evil gets in your mind. He only gets what we give him. Exactly. He can't have my soul. He can't have my heart. But the playground for him is your mind. And you have to have your mind and so focused that it can't get in. Well, we're going to close here today. But thank you so much for listening. And even though we still struggle and have trials, we still sin. We are redeemed to live in the light of his work and grace. So it goes back to where our identity is, doesn't it? And if our identity is in Christ, then we are able to do and be who he intends for us to be. Have a great day. Thank you. Thank you for joining us today. I hope you have gleaned something of value that will help you in your day-to-day lives and draw you closer to living fully in who God designed you to be. Until next time, You are beautiful in his sight. If you've been thinking and listening to us and wondering, how can this become a reality in my life? How how can my identity be in Christ? And you've never received him. I'd like to give you the opportunity to do that right now by praying a sinner's prayer. It's a very simple prayer, and it goes like this. Lord, thank you so much for loving me. Thank you for going to the cross and dying for my sins. I open up my heart. I ask you to come in. Please forgive me for everything that I've done and help me to walk with you as I follow you in my life. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer, we would love to connect with you. 
and help you as you start your life in Christ. Please visit thebestnews.org.